0: Hey, so welcome back to Dream Chasers Podcast. Harvey Harrington here. I got a guest on today, brother of mine. One of the one of the best, I think, underrated NBA players I've seen. I uh, met this guy around the same time. Uh, most of these guys that I met, I met him, I think I was in high school. Great guy from Muncie, Indiana. Bonzi Wells, how you doing? I'm good, my brother. How you doing, fam? I appreciate you having me. Man, I'm good. I'm good, man. I Like I said, definitely got a lot of admiration for Bonzi. I love sports. You know, being involved in sports, I've met a lot of good people, and Bonzi Wells is one of the most solid guys I think that you'll ever come around. I mean, he he lives in his own skin. He'll tell you what you need to be told, and he's going to say it straight. So let's get to it. Tell me a little bit about your journey, man, when you started playing sports. Where you from? How that happened? Give me something on that.
1: Oh, man, you're going to take me way back. All right, me go back. <laughs> yeah, well, you know, I'm, you know, you know, Indiana, born and raised. You know, I'm from the little small town of Muncie. Okay. Um, uh, But, you know, we're a small town, but we're big basketball. We're a big, big basketball, rich city. Um right. You know, we're, uh, Indiana's a class basketball state now, but when we were growing up, there was only one, one, one class. and right. Our high school was probably the powerhouse in the state. You know, we had the most state championships at the time. Right. So basketball was just in our blood, so... Um, just grew up playing basketball monthly um you know as a young boy, so you know, I was very young when i when i when I fell in love with the game, maybe you know like all of us, you know maybe five six years old when like I can't remember right. uh, I remember going through my pro- remember going through my process in elementary school, you know we all just you know think we're way better than what we are right <laughs> yeah right. see so, you no know, start no one to play with the older guys and hang with the older guys, and I think that's when I really started to chase it, and okay. I think that's what it is. When, when it really dawned on me that I wanted to be a basketball player because I I saw guys that was having success in the game. And, and, and my, my success for me was just making the team. <laughs>
2: right.
1: You know, right. I saw guys making the seventh and eighth grade team. I'm like, oh, my goodness. And as you get to going through the levels of high school, you know, I'm sorry, middle school and high school and stuff like that. But um, basketball for me has always been life. I never wanted to do anything else. Right. Um, and that was just for me. So basketball, I fell in love with it early.
0: Wow. Wow. Who influenced you?
1: Well, like like I said, we we have so many influences in my neighborhood. Um, my my dad, who who who's a he would, he would proclaim himself as a <laughs> a local legend, but he never played basketball in high school. He more played in the industrial leagues and stuff right. like that with his homies that he worked in the factory with. So he's a he's a factory <laughs> legend. <laughs> <Right. laughs> yes, yeah, so my father. So so my, so my father was a blue. So you know what? You know, in the midst of that, he always took me to his tournaments and kept me around basketball and stuff like that. And um, okay. you know, back when we were growing up, um. Outside tournaments was where it was at. You know, we never had tournaments on the inside. It was always outside street ball tournaments. And my father was one of the first organizers okay. of the sport in my in our neighborhood. And in that that being said, when you have a an inner city tournament that's open men's division. Mm-hmm. Back then, you would get who's who from around the state of basketball players.
2: Wow. And
1: I just remember seeing so many guys that were playing in college and overseas, and some professional guys that were playing in these tournaments. And they used to have, you know, dunk contests and three point contests, all the stuff, and just put on a big show. And I was like, wow. And that was just really motivational to me to want to be on the show. And that was my first, first really glimpse of what I consider the show.
0: Right. Wow, oh, man, that's a big deal. So you played basketball yeah. at a young age. You was real young when you started.
1: Yeah, I, I started at a young age, but, you know, it was so many different levels. I, I, I was, I, in my mind, I was good. By reality, I wasn't as good. And <laughs> I just remember, I, and I I remember when, when it got real for me. I remember when it did, when I thought I was really good and I got cut from the basketball team in eighth grade. Mm. And I remember that. And I, and I still remember this. You know, I was just telling my homies the story. I just remember that I was, thought I was just really sweet, I was cool. I remember mean, we had our tryouts and right. you know, the next day, you know, the, you know, our our our, our, te- our basketball coach was a teacher. Mm-hmm. So, you know, usually they'll put the, the roster on the outside of their classroom, you know, beginning the first period. So you know, <laughs> right. I'm with my crew, thinking I'm sweet. <laughs> right. You know, walk over with my crew, you know, I look up there and I you know, I go up there on the list, got to rub my finger down and like, okay, I didn't see my name at the beginning, but my name starts with, begins ends with a whale, so I gotta right, get the right. box. <laughs> I said, oh well, Lord! So I was like, okay, I didn't see my name at the bottom, so I went back to the top again. Like maybe I skipped myself. right? <laughs> and I just remember, <laughs> sorry, just remember hilarious. And, and my ho- and my homies was over my shoulder, and I just remember not seeing my name, and I'm hearing a snickering from my homies from behind me, and I'm talking to my brother. That was the most hurt I've ever been in my life, in my you know basketball, you and needed, I needed you needed that, I, didn't you? And I, and I promise it crushed it crushed my heart, and my spirit. But it also, I didn't know it. It built it, it, it built something inside me that told me that I'm never ever in my life gonna feel that again. Mm. Because it was, you know, and I learned a lot about my friends that day too. Right. Because it almost seemed like they wanted me to get cut.
0: Right. They were. Yeah. You, you know, right.
1: they laughed. They laughed. They laughed at me. So it was. so from that moment on, bro, I'm gonna tell you the truth, man. I took basketball so serious in my life and. Right. And don't get me wrong, I was, back in the eighth grade I was small, I was a little bitty point guard. Right. And and, and then, then that, that, that next year, my freshman year, when I told him I had a great summer, worked for mm-hmm. my game as a point guard and I went right. from then I'm, my freshman year started and I went from a, a a five six point guard to by the end of the year I was a six four power forward. Right. So I so I grew within two months. So I just had my finally had my growth spurt and that's when everything changed for me. Basketball changed for me, my that's when I started creating this character that I call Bouncy. And right. That's when everything started for me.
0: Right, man, these uh, the kids need failure, man. I mean, that's a, that's a call, oh, man. Hey, man, we I mean, that's the biggest thing, you know, all these participation trophies and, you know, after after tournaments and stuff like that, they are getting these rings. I'm like, when you start getting rings, like you you got oh, rings when you won. You had to win something. You you need to be in college winning something or you need to be in high school winning the state championship. I mean, you know, I mean the Olympics only got 3 medals and nobody ever remembers the other 2. I'm sorry. I mean, it's it's very rare that you do, but that's the problem we got cuz you know, if these kids are given everything and it's like, oh, well, you place, you know, sixth in AAU Nationals and y'all got a big trophy. Well, guess what? Parents are like, well, yeah, we did good. Like, man, you got to strive for something better. But I mean, stuff like that, you need, you needed, you needed that to become Bonzi Wells. You may, you may not, may or may not have been Bonzi Wells without getting crushed like that.
1: You know. That that, that's definitely facts because I mean, like I said, it motivated me and it it wanted me to be great. Like, and all the people that laughed at me, I couldn't wait to pass them. And then once I passed them, which wasn't easy, I had my eyes set on others. And and like like you just mentioned about that participation stuff, yeah, I'm not a second place dude. I always wanted to win. Right. But I get it. I get it. Everybody can't win. But I wanted to go to war to win. And, I, right. and, and those are the kids I like. Those are the kids I like, the ones that are the warrior type kids. like. I, and I want the parents to be the same way. <laughs> you know, I want them parents to have a mindset like, man, listen, they got to understand nothing is easy. There's never been – only person I've ever heard say easy work and that's Floyd Mayweather. And I don't know right. where <laughs> he got that from because it's not easy. It's not right. easy. Because if it was easy, everybody would do it. This grind is never easy. You got to go through some stuff. And I think as parents, we try to pad our kids from going through some stuff. And that's what separates them from being great and just being a mediocre player or a player that just gets to a certain level and then he just kind of just gets there because he don't know how to get over that hump because right. he's never been through some stuff. Right. You know, he's just waiting on his parents to give him that boost like they usually do. Right. You know, and I I get so tired, bro, when I be seeing these kids in the game and the first thing they do when shit, something goes bad is they, they they put both of their palms and their hands up and then they look at their parents in the crowd. Right. Bruh, if I had a if I had a slingshot, boy, I would. Boy, about I would pick up the biggest <laughs> rock and knock one of them kids out, man. I'd be, right. Because that's what. Because I once you like I tell my kids as a coach, right. once you get between these lines, your parents can't save you. We can't save you. Right. Once you get between these lines, it's on you.
2: Right. And you
1: better hope your preparation up until this time before you got between them lines is, is proper, because right. if not, you're gonna get exposed. Right. You know, I tell my I tell my kids all the time, like, man, you playing a rigged game. How you right. gonna go out here and try to play against some dudes who's in in, in the gym every day working on they, working on these shots, working on these dribble moves, and you just come on game day or on practice time? Right. Do you think you're gonna be up to their level? Nah, I said, bro. Just cause you got on the same, just cause you got on a three hundred dollar outfit, don't mean you're gonna go out there and give me 300 percent worth of effort. Right. You know what I'm saying? Like you don't give me that. Like y'all don't give me that. Like you, you look sweet, but you got two points, one rebound, and four fouls.
2: Right.
1: And 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 then on top of that, you got twenty excuses on why you're not successful, and your parents do too. Right. You, you, you know, I look at these parents, like, you know, parents come to me all the time and say, hey, you know, why am my son playing? Why is this and that? And I'll be like, well, was he in the gym this summer or was he on Fortnite all summer? <laughs> you Fortnite know, that's just the reality athlete, Right. Man, and that's, and that's the reality of it. And I get it. You know, we all going to say we want our kids not to go through the struggle that we went through and all that type of stuff. But, man, listen, the struggle is what made me. Right. And I want my kids to go through some struggle. I want them to go through some stuff. Yeah, I might help them out, you know, as a parent, do what I can. But my kids got to go through some stuff.
2: Right.
1: Because I I know that this world requires that. You know, it requires that, man. It, it toughens you, especially I got all, I got all fun. Right. So I only know one way to be raised. And that's, and, and, and that's to understand what's in front of you. And you better be prepared for it. And if you ain't, it's going to eat you up. Right. You know, it is what it is. You know, just as a father, and that's what my father taught me. He was a he was a, he was a factory worker, blue collar worker, right? Blue collar worker did the same routine every day. You right. know, he worked on the factory line, so he had the same routine every day, and he got results. And that's what he told me, Bonzi. Life is about consistency.
2: Right?
1: You be consistent. You do the same. You say, man, you got to you got to do you got to be consistent in life, man. You got to be consistent. And he said, if you put something in now, you're gonna get something out of it later on. And he was right. talking more about his pension. Right, You know, I'm working now, so when I retire, I got my pension and all that type of stuff. But that's, that's his mindset from a factory worker. But right. from an athlete's perspective, I had to quantify it. And I had to bring it like, oh, okay, I got to take that same mentality for basketball. So if I'm consistent in my basketball grind, I'm going to get something out of it. I gotta, but I got to be consistent. I can't do it two days or three days and just skip four. You know what I'm saying? A five. You know what I'm saying? I got to do this every single day, something to make, you know, I got to do it consistent. I got to have a routine. And that, that, that's me. I do the, Still to this day, I do the same thing my daddy taught me how to do as a kid, now, even as a grown man, the way I brush my teeth, the way I get up in the morning, the way I make my bed every morning, this, right. all that stuff I do it as a routine because it's made me who I am as a consistent man. Right. And that's why I tell my kids, you've got to be consistent in whatever you go after. Right,
0: man, definitely a big deal. Two-part question on this next one. How did your parents play a role in molding you?
1: Um, I mean, that, that's just what it was, you know, and I didn't speak on my mother, but my mother, you know, my mother was an education woman, you know, she was a woman all about school.
2: Right.
1: And uh, make sure we got, make sure we got our, our, our degrees. I mean, make sure I got a diploma, but she always tried for all our kids to go to college. And, right. um, that's what it always was for us. And, you know, she, she was always about, if you ain't getting your books, you can't play no sports. So that, <laughs> that wasn't even an right. option. So I, I thank my mother for always putting that mindset in me to make sure you know i I got, I got my um my, my mindset right that education come way before the athletics because you couldn't have one without the other, and she understood that education is going to outlast my athletic ability tenfold. you know she she got it way at an early age, so she always told us. she didn't really i mean she she loved my basketball success, don't get me wrong, but she made sure i I, I had a good mindset of getting my college degree by the time it was over. Like right. this is way more important than any contract you can ever sign because you ain't gonna be able to read that contract. You ain't gonna be able to understand it. And right. don't right. get me wrong, I I fell short in some areas listening to my mom, but she was right by the end of the day, and I probably should listen a little harder. Right. And um, you know, just and just with her and my father, like I mentioned earlier, with his blue collar approach, and just making sure, you know, I was consistent on everything. You know, I was just, you know, that that was priceless, and I was just thankful that I grew up, you know, for for at least a better part of my childhood with a two parent um household and, and was able to get. Know some stability there,
0: right, right. Second question: Nowadays, right now, I know you. So you're a high school coach, right? Yeah. <laughs> no, you laugh when I say that.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, who would have thought? <laughs> who would have thought that?
0: <laughs> I'm sorry. As a as a as a high school coach, what what do you see uh, different with the parents that are dealing with their kids in high school now versus how your parents dealt with you? What are the biggest difference, what are the biggest differences between how they how they treated you and molded you versus what's going on now? Because I know a ton is going on.
1: Well, I know when I was growing up, you had to listen to your elders and your adults.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And nowadays it's different. Like these kids can literally go home and tell on their coaches and right. their parents. And I've had parents that have come Try to check a coach off what a kid has to say, right? And and it, that that's that's the I think the lack of communication and being on the same page because every <clears throat> excuse me every parent wants their kid to be the star, mm-hmm. they want their kid to be the best player, <clears throat> and that's not reality, you know. Especially if you're not putting in the work, especially if you're not on the same page as the coach, you know. If you know, because with my kids, you know, we've had situations where kids would go home and just tell a the parent all the stuff that they want to hear to rile the parent up.
2: Right.
1: And 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 the parents fall for it every time. Oh, the coach did me wrong. The coach said this. The coach the coach is the reason why I'm not playing this, this and that. And then the, the parents would take the, the wrong approach, even come to talk to the coach. Right. So then the communication is not even there. Like you know what I'm saying, the communication with the parent has already come with some level of aggressiveness. Right. So now we're not even going to get nothing done. And then the kid who's who we're probably arguing about this is probably really didn't put in the workers and not that good. So mm. now he's put himself at risk for even going even down farther in the rabbit hole or even not even been on the team. Right. And then, and then it just becomes a repetitive cycle. And you see that, like, this is my, this is my second year of coaching. I've, saw, I've seen that. Mm. Like, you know, these parents, the communication level is not there. And that's the biggest problem with the parents, you know, just communicate. Let's get, these kids in the, let's get these kids training in the summertime. Let's get them better. Right. Like, let's work them hard all summer. Let's put them in all the right situations, and then let's have this talk during the season. And if you don't see no results, that's on me. Right. But if your kids don't do none of that stuff, and you want them just come into a season to have success, that's on you.
2: Right. And
1: we got to identify that. And it's okay. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Right. You're not perfect as a parent, but you got to identify whose problem it is, and then we can move forward. But if we don't identify who, who's that fault, we're not going to be on there, ever be on the same page.
0: Right. Right, that makes perfect sense, man. Before I ask this next question, I want to know if this is hearsay or not. So, I you went to Ball State, right? Yeah. Did you? I, I heard there was a time when you hit a game-winning shot and you ran straight from hitting the game-winning shot to the weight room and started <laughs> lifting. Is that for real? <laughs> I need to know. I just need to know. I heard it is hearsay. I, I need it from you.
1: Man, come on, man. That is, that that is actually a true story. <laughs> <It is. laughs> man, I was tripping, man. I was, you know, you know, college life, man, we was just living, man. And I was just having fun with my brodies. man. And I I remember I hit the shot uh-huh. and I was just, I hit it. And uh-huh. it was just like running toward, right towards the tunnel.
2: Right. If I would
1: have just kept running because I was the only one, like I was in front of everybody. Like I got the rebound, I caught it, it you know, like all oh, the rest of the nine guys is up on the rim. I took right. a couple dribbles and shot it at the half court.
2: Uh-huh.
1: And then as I was going, I was it with, with with a run and then it went in and I just kept going. I had my finger up and I just kept going. And then by the time they found me, I was in the weight room. <laughs> <And I> was... <laughs> you're, you're yeah, so, but know, weight room room just, yeah. So, strip up just shoot another
0: one.
1: Man, so the weight room was honestly just a really around the corner. So as you go through the tunnel, it's just really around the corner. So it wasn't, man, <laughs> yeah, that I actually did that.
0: I, I just had to get clarification yeah, on that. I had to get clarification, man. What, so what was life like? Uh, in the NBA for you,
1: man. I'm gonna tell you the truth, man. It was unbelievable because you know I've never left. I never left my city mm-hmm. until I went pro. Okay. You know I never I never met a pro until I went pro.
2: Right.
1: So you know I I never left Muncie in my life. I mean I probably went out and did some AAU stuff and stuff for a few days or whatever, but it's like even Muncie. I never left Muncie. So when I went to so when I got drafted, I mean I, I I was going through my process. Right. And this is way before the internet. This is way before my drafts and people talking about on TV and all that stuff. This is just literally hearsay. You know, you had to, you know, hearsay, you had to hear stuff. So I didn't know what was going on. Right. So I just remember when I was playing, I know Maddie Johnson came to see me play one, my senior year and he wanted to be my agent. And that's when I knew stuff got real. Wow! So I said, "Hold on." And Magic was talking to me. was like, "Man, I'm flying in to see you play." I'm like, "What you mean? I'm flying in Muncie, <laughs> Indiana to see you right. play?" I said, "Magic Johnson." Right. So I, you know, I, I was like, "Wow, is this that real? Like, or is this he doing this for everybody? Like, no, nah, he gotta be doing this for everybody." But he was like, "Bondi, he one of the best players out here." He told me this when I was a senior. I'm like, "Man, for real?" Right. He's like, "Man, you about to get drafted high." And then. And that's when it just really just was, was so surreal. And I was going through my, my workouts and all this stuff. And mm-hmm. I remember a guy named Marty Blake called me like, mm-hmm. right after I got done with my, my workouts. And he was like the head of the NBA scouts and all that the scouting services. He was like the man. And he called me. Right. And he was like, Bonzi, um, i want to invite you to the draft. Well, I was like, really? Like the green room? He was like, <laughs> yeah. So <laughs> right. He said, you want the he top 15 players. He said, you don't, don't got to do nothing at the combine. Just come and take a physical. Cause you, you getting drafted in the lottery, and I literally when, almost fainted.
0: That's when you knew it was real.
1: And that's, and that's when it got real. I literally almost fainted because my coach was looking at me smiling because he had told me that when he recruited me, like, man, I'm going to make you good. You're going to go pro. You're going to be the first one. Because my coach was from Muncie too, right? So he was like, he was like, you're going to be the. He went to Ball State. No, he was the all time leading scorer at Ball State before I broke his record. So he was okay. like, man, I'm going to let you. do I'm going to show you how to do all this stuff, and and, and it was he was smiling because he had. He told me that, like, if you put in the work, he's like, you trust me and put in the work, I'm going to do this for you. And that's when it got real. And when that guy called me and told me that. Right. I literally almost fainted. And just, that's when everything changed. And, oh, man, I'm getting the chills right now just thinking about it because my, my, my whole family situation changed. You know, everything changed for me. And right. it wasn't just – but the thing was I was so thankful because when somebody told me for like six years before that, that if I put in that hard work, you know what I'm saying? I can go to the league, and I I had a six-year challenge, and I worked hard for six straight years, man, going hard, doing stuff with nobody was watching, you mm-hmm. know, just trying to get better and, 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 you know, having to, you know, walk away from my friends when it was time to kick it at times. And don't get me wrong, I had fun, but right. it was times I had to go elsewhere to get better for Bonzi right. instead of doing the normal thing on my friends and stuff like that, and I was just so – that's why I almost passed out because it really paid off and Right. That hard work stuff paid off, really, you know, it ain't no cliche to me. You right. know, and everybody who made it, they're going to say the same thing. You know what I'm saying? Everybody who made it going to say the same thing, like it wasn't easy. I didn't wake up good. Mm-hmm. You know, I put in a lot of work, you know, and that's, that's the blessing of it, and that's the story. That these kids and these people got to really understand, like, you can't cheat this grind because,
2: right.
1: you know, the basketball guys are going to see you. Somebody's going to see you. You can't cheat it. You know, right. don't get me wrong, it ain't going to be perfect. But you can't cheat it. Your heart gotta be in this stuff. And my heart was in it.
0: All right. So Bonzi tell me tell me tell me what it was like. You know, I know I know you was in the NBA. I know you was living that lavish lifestyle. I call it monopoly money. You know, my brother my I lived that with my brother. When you got done and you got out the NBA and you had to adapt. I mean, what was it like going from being this big star, Bonzi Wells, having everything at your fingertips, to now you becoming almost a, a regular guy?
1: Well, well, you said it. I mean, you said it right there, and, and that's what it was. And for me, I didn't get—I wasn't able to get the farewell tour like Dwayne Wade and and right. Dirk and all these guys who was on the, on their way out, and, right. and Kobe. <laughs> I wasn't—I I was one of the guys with with Allen Iverson they got kicked off the NBA in our mind and whether wow. it's true or false, that's how I feel about it. Right. So I wasn't prepared mentally. Right. So I was my first couple of years, I'm out here still trying my first few years, I'm still trying to be Bonzi the Hooper. Like, right. Hey, I still got a chance to get back. You right. know, I'm still working out. I'm grinding. I'm still living this life. I'm still, but the business difference is I'm living the life, working out doing all this stuff, but the checks not coming in. Right.
2: Right. <laughs> you're not
1: getting paid. So you're not getting, once you're done, you're done. No, all them big checks are done. So, after a few years, you gotta start looking at your reality. You right. know, unless you're making the big money and to offset that and got everything in place, you gotta, you know, what I'm saying. And regardless of that, you still gotta, you still gotta humble yourself. And that's right. the biggest word guys gotta do when they get done. You gotta humble yourself, right. and you gotta almost put yourself in a mindset that like I gotta become regular, even though you've been on TV and did this next. You gotta, you gotta regulate your your home and your lifestyle, and just get it back down to normal because now you don't gotta have. I mean, you can still have it if you want to, but you don't need the big mansions and all that stuff, even if you ever needed it. But sometimes guys just get the stuff just because it's it's just what you see. And I know that's what it was for me when I first got in the league. You know, I'm from the hood. Everybody got a $60,000 house. Right,
2: right.
1: So when I got to the league, I'm seeing dudes in in Bentleys and living in mansions and everybody got custom suits and jewelry and all this type of stuff. And I'm used to food. You know, we grew up on food stamps.
2: Right.
1: and, And public housing and stuff like that, so... I went from that to, that one extreme on Monday to to Tuesday. I'm seeing a whole other world when I got to Portland. Right. So I had to adjust. And so when you get out, you almost got to find your way back home. Right. Not saying you get back to the government systems, but you got to just kind of minimize your life a little bit. You got to get yourself a, a a home that's already paid for, where you ain't got these big bills on top of your head every month. You right. know what I'm saying? If you got three cars, if you got four cars, you got to get it down to two now. You right. know, and, and, and with no car payment. You know you, gotta sure, you know, you got to make sure, you know, got, you got to just make sure that you're not got a whole lot of money coming out and not enough coming in.
0: Why, and, why, do you, why, want you, to, why do you think a lot of these guys that made all this big money, why do you think they go broke?
1: Well, people got to understand, everybody don't make the big money.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: You know, and that's why I try to tell people, people say this all the time, like, hey, 85% of NBA players go broke. Dah, 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 dah. Right. Well, before these last five years, before they start giving these crazy contracts out, the right. contracts weren't like that for everybody, right? So eighty-five percent of the NBA didn't get the big contract, right? That's the that's the fifteen twenty percent of the NBA the, the big name guys who get that money, and if they go broke, that's shame on them,
0: right? Because
1: they getting one hundred two hundred million, but guys who getting ten twenty million and stuff like that, which is really on you know you got to take half of that money anyway, right? It's
0: possible. You need escrow,
1: all so, that, yeah. So so it's possible over a lifetime that because people got to understand, like I tell people all the time you're dealing with guys who was broke on Monday and rich as hell, heck on Tuesday. Yeah. Yeah. So you're dealing with guys who's first-generation money. Right. First-generation money in anything. First-generation. So all this stuff, so now you got to rely on, you know, God forbid we paid attention in class and, and learned, our, <laughs> learned the right. business. Right. <laughs> learned the business, but, you know, most of us didn't, you know, to keep it real. So now we got to rely on perfect strangers right. to tell us about how to spend our money, how to take care of our money, how to invest in this perfect strangers and don't get me wrong right. some guys are some guys are good, they're coming to your life with the best intention right, but not all but but that that's when you come to that twenty percent of people, but the other eighty percent they trying to get your money because there's no rules, there's no friends in this game right so guys guys are trying to get your money so right. it, 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 it it's so it's so tough to be able to to handle all this stuff that comes with it. Right. You know, and some people do. Some people do it flawlessly. I take my hats off to them. Like, I got a brother like Jermaine O'Neal. Right. Love this guy. You know, that's what that's my brother meant and guys like him and Al. Right. They ain't been to college for one day in their life.
0: <laughs> ain't touch a campus.
1: Man, not ain't touch, man, only time they touched the campus when they was 16 and 15 and going up there trying to hang. Right. Other than that, right. they, ain't, they ain't, you know, they ain't, they ain't did that. Right. And these right, are two of the right. smartest, most intelligent, business-minded, savvy right. brothers I've ever met. These right. guys, are, mind you, these guys are younger than me, age-wise, but, right. you know, older, mba wise I'm talking about I've watched these brothers over the last 20 years, plus, plus years, man, evolve into something that they're going to be, man. I'm talking about they're they going to be up there with Puffy and Jay-Z and all these guys by the time they get through it, through mm-hmm. with it. Yeah, definitely, Hold definitely. On, smart John- me, and, and, and in the basketball world, I'm gonna say Magic Johnson
2: mm-hmm.
1: and, and Jordan because these guys—they're—they're they're in the billion-dollar industry. And right. I just—you know—when I watch these guys and do that, from not even having a day of college education, I just—I just be so proud and just so thankful to call them my friends because they educate me every time I see them, and it, they might not even know it, right? But just listening to them and talking to them and being around them at 42 years old, I still get educated by them guys. So. Right. You know, whew, man, it's a, big deal.
2: It's
0: a <laughs> man. big deal, man. It's a big deal. It's a big, it's man. a, big, it's
1: a go, ahead. go ahead. No, no, I said it's a big deal. So yeah, yeah I mean, you're right. So, just so, you know, like, you know, to piggyback on your question, you know, taking care of that money and to be, I mean, sorry, when you get to the end of your career, you got to just make sure that you can humble yourself enough in your, in your lifestyle and everything that you ain't got as much going out as you got coming in and you'll be able to maintain. And, you know, the NBA has done great with setting up programs for guys. And, you know, it they, they, they actually was a blessing getting guys free um, health insurance for the rest of our lives. So that was just, that was just a blessing for guys who got the, the right number of years and stuff like that. So that was key. And, you know, setting up pension plans and 401K and health savings accounts. So, you know, if guys if, if got in there and, and did the right thing, they'll be able to maintain the rest of their lives. But it's just they got to humble themselves and simplify their situation.
0: Right. Right. For sure. For sure. So you got, you got all boys. I know they, I know for sure what all of them play basketball, right?
1: Oh uh, yeah, they try. My, uh, my oldest boy, he, he played a little baseball. He tried to go against the grain. Okay. <laughs> he, he was actually pretty good. So right, right. yeah, but the, the rest of the boys, they, they play a little basketball. They
0: play a little basketball. So what, what do you, what do you use? What methods do you use? to push them forward, you know, try to try to keep them from making mistakes that you made or trying to trying to make them see it uh, a little bit different than how all these kids are looking at today. What methods do you use?
1: Man, you know, like with my boys, I mean, you know, we we call them a the little silver spoon kid. You know, they got they didn't grow up in a struggle like we did a little bit. Right. so we gotta you know we gotta challenge them differently. Right. But you know, I let my boys go through the process you know i keep I keep them in the inner city with they with their friends and mm-hmm. and, and and they go through that process where they still might get beat up get right. get in fights, you know they still got a dog fight and all that type of stuff because I want them to go through that process right but and, and I don't and I don't sugarcoat nothing from them. I'm like, man, listen, like I got sons who's so used to stuff being I got a son that's so used to stuff being given to him my time, and I got given to him that mm-hmm. he's so used to it, so right. he might be on the court just kind of like giving half effort. Right. So I challenge my kids effort-wise. Like, I don't – I get winning and losing. I don't really care about that stuff. I get it. But I care about effort and how much you're really putting into it. Right. And if you're putting a lot into it, I'm going to back you. But if you're not putting into it and you're just out here, I'm going to just kind of handle it like that. Like, I'm not going to push my kids unless I see something in them that they really, really want it. Because I understand how disappointing this game can really be for most people. Right. You know, I'm in that, you know, I, I was blessed enough to be in the .001% of hoopers they ever played. Right. And, you know, I would be stupid and assume my son is going to be in that percentage, just just being reality. You know, we all hope that our kid will be the next pro, like I mentioned earlier, but you got to think reality. So, like I said earlier, if they're not putting in and being consistent at it, I'm just going to handle them accordingly and just let them just go through their process, and when it's over, it's over. Right. You know, I'm I'm, I'm okay okay with it. As long as they get their education, you know, or, or, or whatever they're passionate about, you know, go at it the right way, I'm with them.
0: Right. Right. Man, I, like I said, I said it before, in sports, it's about the people you meet along the way. You know, my brother making it to the NBA. If he ain't making it to the NBA, I'm not sure that I know Bonzi Wells. I don't know Jermaine. I mean, like, y'all are like my brothers. So that, that for me, that's God. That's a godsend. I mean, it's not always about, you know, what you can do in sports. It's about, you know, the relationships you're going to make. Because along the, along the way, you know, you're always going to need people. You're always going to need good people in your corner. So that's a big deal. Final thought, if you can go back to any stage before the NBA, in the NBA, uh, high school, college, you can go back and talk to your younger self and give yourself some advice for the future, what would it be?
1: I would have definitely went back to my college days because I would have really prepared myself for what was coming. Like, I prepared myself for the on the court. Basketball warrior body. Let me get my game together. Let me get this, this, and that. But I didn't prepare myself mentally. Okay. And that's and that was my biggest problem because I was one of the guys who fell into the trap of allowing people to, you know, control my money or help me. You're gonna get beat right. all the time. And then so I wish I would have educated myself on things that I paid people to do for me. Like right. all I had to do was take a class or read a book, or just be a passionate. You know, I I should have been passionate about something other than basketball because I didn't really think about – I only thought about one side of my life. And people got to understand, sports are only a small glimpse into your real life. Like, you got to be passionate about something else. You got to have a mindset and you got to have a plan. And my plan only consisted of going to the NBA. Right. And 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 if I can go back and do it over again, I would have had a plan to set up so many different businesses, and I would have learned about stocks. I would have learned about everything I needed to know, right. so I wouldn't be the dumbest dude in the room every time I I went took a meeting. Right. I and see. and I wouldn't have relied on somebody else to tell me on how to control my money. Right. And 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 that's that's one of the biggest problems that we all fall into because you get so one-sided on trying to work on basketball, and you forget to work your mind. And I think that's what what I love about Al and Jermaine is that, you know, and I I can't really speak for Al because I didn't get to play with him his rookie year, but I know J O. He was on that from being a nineteen year old kid when I first met him. Right. About thinking thinking outside the box, about setting up his you know his life and doing these plans and going through the I mean doing these businesses and let's go through the trial and error of it and just learn.
2: Right. He was
1: on that back then, and I I was scared because I was like, "Ooh, man, that's, that's that's grown up stuff." But that's <laughs> right. what it is, and you, get, you know. You know, we 19. one nineteen. I'm like, man, that's, man, you got to be 40 to think like that. But you know, <laughs> that's that's not yeah, you know, that's not reality though. So I, you know, I wish I would have had the forethought like those brothers to really think about you know, planning my future. So if I can go back, that's what I would have definitely done. And 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 I preach to these kids about. I mean, it's cool to you know work on your stuff, but work on your mind too, man. Get that mind exercise in too. You know, you gotta get that mental exercise, get that mental food. And I, I was never a reader. I try to read books now. You know, right. I've been trying to read a lot more books just to try to just get my mind right. You know, I I I, I look at a guy like E.T., the hip hop preacher. I don't know if you follow him, mm-hmm. but he's just such a motivational guy that he says some real stuff. And then you got to check yourself sometimes. You know, right. he tells stuff. You got to make you check yourself. And I'm I'm not I'm not a perfect dude, man. I've been through so much in my life, but I'm thankful to be 42 years old. Been through the maximum of good and bad, and I just got a story to tell. And I love telling them to people and. That's my. That's always my message to the kids. Like I tell them, my real life, and I don't sugarcoat
0: it. Right, right, and that's that's a big deal. Bonzi Wells, my brother. I'm happy to have you on. Hey, you, we, we we we're talking right now. Bonzi wants to do a podcast, so we're gonna try to get him involved <laughs> get his show up and running. I'd love to be on his show and talk to him because I know it it'll be nothing but laughs and fun. But man, I I really appreciate you coming on here, man. Like I said, I appreciate. I talk to you, you know, pretty regularly about normal things, man. And like I said, I do value having a guy like you in my life, man. And like I said, you know, it, it's definitely a brotherhood. And like I said, I'm just thankful to have you on here, man.
1: Man, I appreciate that, my brother. I'm I'm thankful for the opportunity. And I'm thankful for you about to help me get my podcast jumping off, man, because we got something to say to the people. And if one person can be changed by our, our words, man, that's what it's all about. So thank you for the the outlet that you gave me today to be able to say my words, man. I appreciate working with you in the future.
0: All right, man. Thank you. Hey, you guys can check us out at Dream Chasers N D. We have a Facebook page. You can also go to our website, www.dreamchasersbball.com. If you have a kid, girl or boy, any age going from through high school that wants to train with basketball you can contact us at either one of those all right hey good talking to y'all y'all take care